a podcast one production. The paleo diet, the five to two diet, the keto diet. Ironically, we are gorging ourselves on diets. And this is not a new thing, though. People have been desperate to shed kilos ever since the first Neanderthal became concerned that the pterodactyl he was eating would go straight to his thighs. And today, (laughs) the chaser is going to explore strange diets from history. Mm. And we're going to decide whether they are... Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss. With The Chaser. It's Andrew Hansen here with Charles Firth and Chris Taylor and Dom Knight and we're talking about bizarre diets from history. <laughs> you said that in your best smooth FM voice. Um, it was like... Cameron Dutton yeah. talking about corpulence and <laughs> diets and lazy undertakers. I did. I hope you've tucked the little ones in tonight. Yeah. Now let's talk more corpulence here on Smooth FM. I want people to, to relax while they're listening to Cat's Pyjamas. Yeah, the, the home of the Xanax diet. <laughs> now, one of the more unpalatable diets on the face of the planet, perhaps, depending on your perspective, is the diet of eating other people. And (laughs) this is uh, something, I mean, um, whether it's a a diet, it's not really a diet you go on, it's a kind of a permanent way of of eating that some people have. It's it's sort of believed that nowadays the only people who still do that is one tribe in Papua New Guinea called the Korowai. Um... But, or occasionally very kinky Germans. Like, yeah. Remember you, you occasionally hear mm. about like German or Austrian serial killers who <laughs> go to great lengths to really perfectly cook a penis. Yeah, I love how you call them kinky. That's yeah. kinky, is it? But isn't it also because if you've been to Germany, the food there is so awful, you would sort of start going, well, maybe. Just, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Well, it's a lot, of, a, human. a lot of sausages. Nice. A lot of sausage. Yeah. You might yeah. be craving yeah. a different sort of sausage. Yeah, that are so used to food coming in that shape that the minute they see a penis, they think, oh, dinner time. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't the penis guy. He, he There was some issue around consent because the guy <laughs> had actually. <laughs> That's right. The guy had agreed <laughs> right. to be eaten. That's right. Oh. He, wa- he wanted to. Yeah, he wanted, he to, wanted eat. to be eaten. All of him he or did. just his just, knob? Just the knob. No, no. The, the knob. He, no, he agreed, he agreed to be killed, though, by yeah, the guy. That's what I thought. Yeah. And so there was a whole issue around, well, hang on, because in Germany they, they're very philosophical about, you know, killing people. Yeah, but it, I think it's still illegal. It's yeah. still, even if you're willing to be murdered, it's still murder, isn't it's it? It's very hard to be murdered and eaten in Germany. Just if you're looking for that, mm. yeah, go somewhere else. What I recall, though, if it was the same story we're all thinking about, mm. is that he, he actually he kind of did it in a lovely sauce. It was oh, sort yeah, of in white yeah. wine oh, and yes. shallots and garlic. Mm. Like he didn't just mm. bite it off like from oh. the from his from his oh, torso. No. He actually Never. went to some trouble to, to you know slice it into medallions. All the all the effort that he'd gone to to get that beautiful piece of flesh. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you can go back to the butcher and get another one if no. it doesn't turn out properly. Like well, you can with the, like a lamb. The thing with the cannibal diet, where like weight watchers don't offer that as an option, do they? Like where do you go for that cookbook? Oh, Weight Watchers, Papua New Guinea. Oh, they do, right? <laughs> no, no, they don't. But but it's a good question because it's it's been very little studied apparently as to the nutritional benefits. Well, it's of obviously eating, of eating a human being. It's clearly the best possible way of losing weight for the victim. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they shed kilos, the kilos instantly, very quickly right. indeed. But there, no, there was a guy. There was there, there's an archaeologist, <clears throat> a British guy who who did actually look into this as to whether it was sort of nutritionally worthwhile mm. to to put away a, another person. Um, and uh, well, it, it, it would be, wouldn't it? I mean, it's just another meat, isn't it? 
Well, no, he, he kind of he, he counted the calories. I mean, it's kind oh. of it depends on your perspective. Like uh, he discovered that like a, a typical uh, guy would uh, be worth about eighty one thousand calories, um, which oh. could actually feed uh, like uh, about sixty people. That's going nose to tail. Eighty one thousand. How does that compare a to a donut at Cinnabon? Oh, about the same. About the same, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but surely this is sort of the plane crash scenario. I mean, this is ha- people have had to make this choice to go for the other, other white meat. And um, pe- people must have had this experience and been able to report on what it was like. And they've survived. In yeah, I would have thought yeah. if you're in a plane crash situation, you're not counting your calories. Mm. Like no. you, you're just thinking, oh. how do I best survive this this horrific event? Or, or do you think you can also watch your weight while still yeah. <laughs> while still surviving a tragic traumatic experience? Yeah, you, you want to look good for when the media turn That's up and true. rescue you. You, you want to look svelte. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to turn up and be a real fatty after six weeks <laughs> of <laughs> living with yeah, no food. So embarrassing though if you'd eaten <laughs> or everyone else on the plane and you're just the fat person. Yeah, yeah. They knew oh, it was well, a, like a 200-person plane crash. There's only yeah. one survivor. But we thought, we're, oh, no, they all died. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know where gone. they went. Yeah, wild <laughs> beasts dragged away the bodies. <laughs> it it says is picking his teeth. It is true that, that when people are by necessity forced to eat another person, they often do acquire a taste for humans, don't they? Like there was that guy yeah. in Tasmania who who got lost in the wilderness, you know, really early on in the days of the Tasmanian colony. Right. And he oh, yes, he had yeah. to eat, yes. um, you know, the person he was with. And then and then he kept on, you know, every few years he'd duck back into the bush and try and trick somebody into getting lost again so that he could go, <laughs> oh, no, I'll have to eat you again. Oh, so, so it suggests it's quite yummy. Yeah, it's I like the so. McRib. Once you've had the McRib, you can never have another yeah. McDonald's burger. Right. It's just it's the same principle. Well, don't they say it, it's sort of somewhere between pork and chicken? Mm. Yeah, but, but they say that of almost every weird food. Like, yeah. have you ever heard anyone describe crocodile or shark? They go, oh, it sort of tastes like chicken, you know. Anecdotal it, you know, was it the Uruguay rugby team that went down in a plane crash and sort of mm. had to eat one another? They, you know, they're they're uncomfortable talking about it, but they do sort of give a couple of hints into what it tastes like. Yeah, and and the thing is that uh, humans and pigs are actually quite closely related genetically, mm. so it makes sense. And we sort well, of look like yeah, our yeah. flesh is very similar to pigs. Oh, so speak for yourself. Which part would you eat? I don't know, Andrew, if in the official diet they sort of oh, recommend yeah. different cuts, but, you know, in this age of, you know, wanting lean meats, you wouldn't go towards the stomach, like it would be a bit blubbery. It would be marbled like the Wagyu maybe. <laughs> but if you wanted just something lean and, and you know, well, you know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to this because because I'm not a cannibal myself. I haven't found out whether which parts they eat, but I think you're right. I mean, you would probably, if you wanted to be really healthy, you'd go for an elbow or a, you know a knee, a bit one of, of cheek. those fat fat sort of things. Although, um, and and that is true with the calorie count that the doctor did. He discovered that about half of the eighty thousand calories came from fat. Just yeah. came from you know yeah, right. the fat that we've got in us. And yeah. Um, yeah, so if you want to be super healthy. Maybe steer clear of the human. Well, there are some diets that are high fat, low carbs. Not many carbs in a human. Go for it, I reckon. Cat's pajamas. Oh, that's right. There are some people who think that it might be pretty healthy if people started eating their own poo. And some people have tried doing this, and some doctors have looked into, first of all, whether it's even possible to do that without 
uh, hurting yourself. Um, <laughs> well, and, we know, and it, whether, we know and it is. Al- yeah, and also whether potentially it might even be rather good for you mm. uh, to go on the poo diet. Um, there's a, quite a few physicians have have looked into this, and the general consensus. Well, what what do you guys think? Well, I mean, do you, do you have a guess, Chris, as to as to what it might do? To well, you? I'll have a guess at, towards the nationality of the physicians. They were German physicians. <laughs> <laughs> they were eating penis shaped poos that, that they'd cooked in a delicious sauce. <laughs> it looks like a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, just for my own clarity, we're we talking about eating your own or any your own. Well, it's got it. This is a distinction. There's an important distinction they think as, as to what the outcome yeah. might be. Because isn't 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 eating your own a sort of form of cannibalism? It's sort of like two awful diets in one. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I know this, which is it's totally safe to eat your own poo. Charles has looked into this. Before. Yeah, no, you, you've you've looked into it. Yeah, mm. it's uh, it's probiotic because the gut flora is the same, and you don't pick up anything nasty. Yeah, saying well, yeah. It's eating someone else's poo, who knows where they've been? Yeah, look, that that <laughs> seems to be the consensus among doctors. Yes, that that if you eat your, your own poo, you probably be totally fine. But but humans do have an inbuilt aversion, <laughs> as we. As yeah. we all know, to eat to eating poo, so it's 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 sort of difficult psychologically to bring yourself around. Where to do doing we get it. that aversion? Well, well I think that's that's an evolutionary thing. Because primates are quite into you know they're always oh, slinging dogs. it. And they do. Yeah, they're always mm. sniffing each other's butts, and you know they they Spanish don't seem poodle. to have the same problem with the smell that the anus gives that we do. So where, <laughs> what where in the evolutionary timeline did we suddenly have this? Aversion? Charles has got his hand up well, again. Well, I, I read a. An article about this, which is what um, magazines are you reading, Charles? He reads Poo Monthly. Poo Eaters Monthly. He's got a subscription for life. Gourmet <laughs> Poo Traveller. It's, it's why I'm so lean and fit. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm not eating at your place so ever again, <laughs> Charles. And the essence <laughs> of poo, like the actual smell. Essence um, of poo. Yeah. New by Calvin Klein. <laughs> essence of poo. Did you read this in the Poo Scientist? No, is is a substance called Billy. Ruben. Uh, um, also and, a great base, my baseballer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Billy Ruben. And, and Billy Ruben uh, is the only substance uh, or smell that uh, is universally disgusting for all races and cultures around the world. It is actually built into our genes. Right, but not for to, animals. To find it disgusting. So. Do you mind, I don't mind horse poo. Now, I know oh, that, really? that sounds really? an odd thing. Um, to eat? When have we had the chance to a, sample it? Again, I'm sure Alex, our producer, will take that out of context and use that <laughs> in a hub. But in you know pl- like when you're on a trail ride and, and horses are constantly dropping, you know, left, right and oh, centre. Yeah, it's, it's not be, disgusting. It's sort of grassy. The smell of the country. Vegetable but, but, but poos you, smell better than meat poos. That's certainly yeah, true. Veggie yeah. poos. And oh. red, big, big red wine poos smell the worst. You had a massive big night on the plonk. However... What a great chance to reuse the glass of wine and save on your wine bill. Ah, oh. classic decanting. Could, <laughs> could, could you get, could could you you get, get drunk, drunk again? Yeah. Uh, oh. All over again? Double dipping? <laughs> no, nah, I don't think you would because wouldn't it would go like the alcohol would go through your liver before going. Yeah, starts yeah, as yeah. red, uh. ends up a glass of brown. <laughs> so tell me, Andrew, why would you, mm. given this aversion, and mm. it would be a horrific thing to go through <laughs> unless you're filming a two girls, one cup video for YouTube, <laughs> yeah. then why why would you choose poo, say, over urine? In, in a survival situation where you only had nothing but what you were excreting from your mm. own body, 
Surely <laughs> urine would be a bit more digestible, wouldn't I, it? I'm pretty sure that if you drink your own urine, it does, you don't end up having your thirst quenched. Is that, is that right? But we need bare grills. It's the sort of thing that, that he'd know. But I seem <laughs> or, to remember Or a rugby that. league player. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seem to remember reading that. I mean, look, the doctors also think that if you do eat your own poo, it's not necessarily going to do you much good. They, they, they think that nutritionally speaking... It's uh, it's not an efficient way to get energy. Well, presumably you've taken the good bits out of it. It's like a, a fridge that's had yeah. all the good stuff taken from it. So, yeah, that's right. There's a good reason that, that you've pooed this out. So what they've learned like, is it, it does you no harm, but it does you no nutritional value. Yeah, it does you no, no good in either. So it's neutral. It's like corn. Did you know that about corn? Like corn has a corn. neutral level of nutritious value. I didn't know that. It's neither really? healthy nor unhealthy. It's literally yeah. neutral. But, but can I just, <laughs> just get back into what you should do? Uh, and this is, you know, obviously a public service uh, thing that I'm Yeah, this is medical advice, which if medical you're advice, can sue Charles. Which mm. is if ever you're in a situation where you don't have access to water, then yes, you should definitely drink your urine. Because oh, you it, should? It can really? prolong your life by two to three days. Mm. Is that right? Yes. But at what cost to your self-esteem? Well, it, yes, indeed. But it, it does actually make you more thirsty and it will make uh, the concentration of solutes in your body worse. But um, Well, it would be know. very salty, wouldn't it? Yes, I think right. so. Right, but mm. overall. But that's not, a, that's not a, a diet that I'm aware of that people would actually go on. No, I haven't that, heard that, of a urine that, diet. That's no, Gandhi, Gandhi used to drink only urine and go on a sort of um, fast. And oh, fast no, you're right. Week. And actually it is true that in, yeah. uh, that, that in some Chinese medicine there is a, a thing called a returning dragon soup. They call it, or well, that's how it translates. <laughs> right. That's how it translates. And you're supposed to only drink, according to them, the best part of your wee to drink is the middle part of the stream. Oh. So what you do is you start, then you, you don't you don't you put the cup under straight away, but you put the cup under after a few seconds and get the middle bit. Make sure you take the cup away before the last bit of right. the stream. I and thought you, you meant like that. like the school bubbler, whereas if someone, you know, like those little boy fountains where they've got a stream going and you could position yourself halfway along the stream and only drink from the middle <laughs> rather than either end. <laughs> that, that, that just keeps you cleaner, Chris. Yeah. Isn't that the same as beer? Isn't that true that, that like the first bit of beer when you're brewing is not as good and then the next bit's good or something like I that? I think so. Right away. I tell you what, the, the term going on the piss with your mates <laughs> could be quite ambiguous in some societies. <laughs> But look, in terms of the poo diet, I, I'm cat's piss on that. I I can't see myself. And, and look, I've I've outed myself as the foodie of this podcast, and even I have limits. I mean, is, were there any serving suggestions? Like, if you had to eat your own poo, is there a way to make it a bit more palatable? Like, could you would you puree it I'm and lost. sort of have it as a soup, or would you try to would you try to sort of I don't know. Mm. How would you serve? That's a genius idea. I mean, it it should be a it should be a a challenge on MasterChef. (laughs) You just serve it with (laughs) corn. George just squats over the mystery box. Look, it's a open it up. It's a crocodile. Three logs and a brown trout. (laughs) (laughs) Would love to get your thoughts on Andy Warhol's approach to dieting. According to reports. What he would do is he'd go out to restaurants and just order something that he really disliked. That was his way of losing weight. I thought you were going to say um, he he just ordered soup 
Campbell's soup all uh, the time. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. I thought he was going to say you only eat every 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. No, look, I, I think this again gets back to um, my earlier point, which is I think that that's a stupid thing. I think food is such an important part of life. You want to enjoy the food that you have. It should be all about portion size. I mean, that said, if he, if he ordered something novel um, and then ate it, Presumably, he would actually expand his palate mm. quite quickly and he'd suddenly develop a taste for lots of bizarre, Every, wonderful food. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like after a while, nothing would be yes. undelicious mm. because yeah, you'd acquire the taste for everything. Yeah, Warhol strikes me as a pretty thin guy. I'm not yeah. sure he had weight issues. The, the thing that weighed the most on Warhol's body was probably his haircut. Well, Unless he did this throughout his life and there were a lot of foods he didn't like. I'm curious to know. He might have been a fat kid. I'm curious to know what his, you know, did he look at a menu and 95% of the things he just hated? What was the deal? What I gather, it was more about maintaining his slim figure. It was more about, you know, keeping the weight off at all times. Just, you know, never treat yourself to anything that you enjoy eating. Never have joy. The problem with that is that there's no guarantee that the least appealing item on a menu is also got the fewest calories. Yeah, so, you, you know, like if you went to a German restaurant mm. and it said pork Fleischer Schneider or something, you know, and it, <laughs> it's, it, it, it sounds awful. And you go, oh, well, mm. that's not a schnitzel, so I'll order that. It sounds awful. But it could be like just f- deep-fried pig's anus and mm. like the mm. fattest part of the of the animal. Uh, well, I think and, the, no, the anus is quite a lean cut. Or <laughs> <laughs> it depends if it's got tape tapeworm worms in or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a, a fun fact about Warhol. Um, which kind of contradicts this in a way. So maybe he was a secret um, a cheater with his with his diet because when Warhol died and they went through his estate, they found he was an extraordinary hoarder, like almost like a current affair level. So like, you know, if... if, oh, right. if That's right. He like, had all those boxes. He had boxes and primary amongst most of the boxes were every pizza box he'd ever ordered on home <laughs> delivery with, with the crusts still inside them. Oh, no. And apparently they dated back 20 years or something, but he just couldn't toss anything out. So pizza now I'm not, I'm not suggesting he ate those pizzas that were in his house, but he definitely ordered pizza at some point. Although someone ordered pizza in his house and left the crusts and then left the boxes inside his estate. I, he, I, I don't buy any of this. From what I understand about Warhol, uh, his main weight loss method was definitely drugs at his all-night fac- factory party, surely. Yeah. You can't put on weight on that much coke, can you? Yeah, unless he just really didn't like drugs and so he ordered a lot of them <laughs> to try, try and that cut could down be on it. his Maybe it all use. fits together. Yeah, he and, hated cocaine. And it probably the reason why there were so many crusts left over in the pizza boxes is because he ordered the sort of horrible chicken and avocado oh, pizza. Maybe. <laughs> well, maybe he just loved crusts. He hated the rest of the pizza, but he just loved crusts and never ate them. Mm. What, loved them so much that you mm. wouldn't eat them? That you didn't eat them because that was his philosophy. You don't eat the thing that you like because you get fat. Or maybe he couldn't afford paintbrushes, but he thought, oh, if I just keep <laughs> crusts and dip those into the paint, I could maybe draw a Campbell's can. Pro heart could. <laughs> now, we hear a lot about smoothies and diets today. I'd like to take us back to the 70s now. 
the mid seventies, and and this is a, this is a very mid seventies sort of thing because in my mind the seventies were all about sort of things like terrines and meatloafs and mm. aspect jelly and you know mystery yes. meat chopped up in things. Fantastic. They loved that stuff in the seventies, didn't they? Terrine. Cans of tongue and stuff mm. like that. Well, this is a diet which <laughs> has been nicknamed the last chance diet, <laughs> and honestly, can't find out why it's called that. It was a smoothie. It was a kind of meat smoothie, mm. and it was blended up with not the choicest cuts of meat. Things like horns, tendons, and and even hide, like sort of animal oh. skin. Right. And that was blended all up, and it was described as being pre-digested. They did they did something to all this animal's product to kind of digest it before it got to you, Charles. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think of that one? See, I I love all those sort of terrines of stuff that you don't quite, like liverwurst and yeah. all like, that sort of stuff. you like pate and Pâtés foie gras? And, yeah, exactly. So This is just that, isn't this, it? This um, sounds to me an ideal diet. I would, I would <laughs> love a meat smoothie. In fact, I'm yeah. going to go home. I've never heard of the thing. I'm going to go home. I'm going to make myself a meat smoothie. How will you pre-digest it, though? I don't know. How well, will I pre-digest well, you, you just it? just use a food processor or a yeah. blender. Like, th- this actually is a very common meal um, today in parts of Turkey and Iran. I was actually watching one of those Anthony Bourdain shows recently and they had this very dish where they cooked the most delicious-looking lamb. Like, you know, they had a full lamb on a spit and it looked so delectable. And then they just went and ruined it by taking this perfectly roasted lamb and just shoving the whole thing in a blender. So it was just sort of came out like baby food mush. And, and this was a delicacy. They got so excited when it was just mashed lamb. But have you have you tried? Have you tried? I haven't. I, haven't. I, I think that sounds good because yeah, it's probably fine. If you think the science of it would be that there's more surface area of deliciousness for you to taste. Like the more you blend something up. You might concentrate it. Yeah. But I, I like crisp. You know, like they say yeah. the perfect meal is a combination of crunchy, sour, salt mm. and all that kind of thing. Mm. It, there's no crunch in this. As Matt Preston would say, there's no crunch elements in your dish if it's literally just, well, they've made it a thick shake, haven't they? It's just yeah. a meat thick but, but shake. Couldn't you turn it into a dip? I mean, could you dip corn chips into the into this meat You could do that. You'd get your crunch that way? Maybe? Could be a mole or something. Like, you, you could do that. So it, the, the technique doesn't surprise me, given that I know uh, there are cultures that still do this. I It's cat's piss for me, though. I, yeah, I kind of like... I don't know, I'm old school. I like a knife and fork and to be able to carve a piece of meat. I don't want to be able to drink my meat. <laughs> Although I do, I do look forward to McDonald's Meat Lovers Month with their meat thick shake. <laughs> I'm curious though, this idea of mystery meat in a shake, isn't this the plot of the movie Soylent Green? Isn't yes. that we all know what's in the mystery meat? Yes, of course. <laughs> it was pre-digested by, the, by them when they ate their dinners and then you're right. enjoying it twice. I'm, I'm yeah. very suspicious about this, Hanso. And, and mm. do they create a sort of solid form of beer? For you to eat with your meat drink. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've got it with a knife and fork. Yeah, a beer slice. Cut up your beer. <laughs> cut up your beer. Have a few <laughs> bites of beer. A and beer meatloaf would be interesting. Wash down with your meat. Has anyone made like a, a beer sunny boy? Remember those? Oh, what a good idea. Yeah. How have we marketed yes. that? Yeah. Oh, because we never... should do that on Radio Chase. The Triple M audience would go nuts idea, for that. It? Like yes. a, for summer, a beer-flavoured ice block. Sort of pyramid-shaped. Yeah. That, those... Like a sunny boy. Yeah. Yeah, genius. <sighs> I, I, I did make a beer sorbet because, you know, I'm oh, yeah. a very keen maker of ice creams yeah. and sorbets. How was that? 
Uh, it was horrible. <laughs> Bloody awful. Is that know. because you use Forex? <laughs> oh. Yeah, big mistake. I don't know about your beer, Sunny Boy, Taylor. I mean, it, it sounds fun. It sounds summery. But my recollection of Sunny Boys in, in primary school is everyone getting donged over their head with them. Imagine instead of glassing, it's being hit with the Sunny Boy in the head at, at pubs. Well, it's probably safer than glass, though, isn't yeah. it? It's like <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's ice versus glass. No, I think it a is. Sunny Boy so- in the eye. The problem with the Sunny Boy was you'd suck on one corner and suck all the flavour. Yes, and yes, then it would just, yeah, and it'd be just yeah, nice nothing. Yeah, on the, yeah. 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 there's a real design flaw, yeah. isn't it? But I reckon that mightn't be, you know, to make an obvious joke, if it was a Budweiser Sunny Boy, it, it, <laughs> the minute you sucked all the flavour out, it would still taste very similar when you got to the watery bit. Yeah, that's right. The Last Chance Diet with its meat smoothie, the reason that that's what? not around anymore is because the meat smoothie product itself, as sold, had to be taken off the market after several customers died. Is that why it was the last chance diet? <laughs> could be could reveal the clue to the name. We're going to get banned next week. People have died, but here's your last chance. I think I missed what? Andrew. How did that what did keep they the die? kilos off? What this? Because meat's fairly fatty. Well, you lose a lot of weight the moment you die. Well, I agree with that. But like, what what aspect of this was a, a diet? It, it was very low fat bits of meat. Whatever ah, the mystery meat ah. were, the skin and the horns and the the you know the tendons. So it was a very low calorie okay. drink. Yeah, I'm just amazed that there's a dodgier form of mystery meat than hot dogs. Oh, yes, I actually think the meat smoothie was put out by an even more unethical funeral director who <laughs> just wanted to hasten people's deaths. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe wanted the undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's a diet that was not massively appetising, and this is from very recent history, just in 2013, the cotton ball diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you do here is you eat up to five cotton balls at once to increase the feeling of fullness. <laughs> So instead of eating food, which would also increase fullness, I suppose, Mm. um, but, you know, you'd feel full and then just sort of pass the cotton balls was the idea rather than digesting them. But if you wanted to feel full, like, you could eat billiard balls. I mean, you could eat football. Any ball will make you feel full if you have (laughs) enough of them. No, no, but but passing a billiard ball out the other end would be a problem. It's harder. It's harder. It would be a dramatic moment. You you wouldn't need to eat as many balls. One billiard ball would be the equivalent of, like, 20 cotton wool balls. But I am suggesting to you that not only (laughs) would a cotton ball be easier and cheaper, or 20 cotton balls would be easier and cheaper than than one billiard ball. What, to pass? You'd also then not have the billiard ball on your table. I agree agree only with your second point, that it would be annoying not to have that missing billiard ball and you'd have to have 20 cotton wool balls on your billiard table as a substitute for the pink billiard ball. But what a great way to play billiards with someone on the corners with their mouth open, right, looking for a diet. Absolutely. (laughs) Is this because the cotton ball is is digestible? I imagine it would be. Well, it would be digestible, but don't tell me me people can't pass billiard balls. Like, Mm. I've been to Bangkok. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a different orifice? (laughs) I love that Taylor thinks of the eating and passing a billiard ball first rather than just a few marbles or something something that you could at least do without immense suffering. Gluttonous even with sporting balls. (laughs) Andrew, can I have a medicine ball? Give me one of them as well. Can I ask why why did it fall out of favour? 
Well, the, it, because it had an unfortunate side effect, mm. which was it turned out that it's really hard to pass cotton balls after all. <laughs> ah, see? Oh, oh, they they should have used billiard right. balls. <laughs> it's true. It would soak when, up all the, all the things in there. They get bigger and bigger. They'd snag on bits what? of things in your body. The cotton wool buds are a nightmare. Why didn't they check that before coming up with the diet? <laughs> <laughs> could have been Surely. literally anything else that Surely you could have eaten. they do that now with bamboo. You know everything comes in bamboo fibre? Yeah. Oh, you can do it with bamboo. The bamboo T-shirt right. diet. Yeah. Just eat, eat a bamboo. Bamboo sheet. baby wipe diet. Do you know something I've never understood and I've never tried it, but Charles, you probably know someone who's done this. You know like people who, you know, drug mills mm. who put heroin inside condoms yes. and then eat them. Mm. I've never quite oh. understood why they would have the confidence that that would come out intact at the other end. I mean, obviously, the rubber mm. in condoms is reasonably well made, but why? I would have thought that you'd have the similar problem that you, they had with the cotton wool buds, that there's a risk that the, the condom would not pass. No, there is a risk. There's a risk that it uh, will snap and yes. you die. Well, well, it's a win-win. Yeah. You're very happy when you die. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like condoms are... You know, they're you know they're ninety nine point nine percent of the time they're fine. Is that percentage specifically for drug meals? Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, yeah. nothing to do with no, contraception. No, they don't work at all for contraception. <laughs> no, yeah. Very good for Hang smuggling on, yeah. heroin. But wouldn't it be not to do with that? But because a lot of people are very used to putting sausage shaped condom wrapped items in their mouth and swallowing them. Oh, maybe. I think if you're trying to swallow drugs, surely you want it in a familiar shape. Yeah. One of the <laughs> one of my favourite comedy scenes ever. Um, remember that show that Phil Lloyd and Trent O'Donnell made, Review with Miles Barlow? Mm. And the premise was this guy called Miles Barlow had to review extreme experiences and he, he wanted to review what it was like to be a drug mule. And he was, he'd done the whole <laughs> put the heroin in the condom thing, but he'd also eaten like a curry the night before. So on the plane trip, he needed to go to the toilet. So he's shitting oh, out like no. not only his curry, but also the drugs. But then being a good drug meal, he has to put it back in his mouth. <laughs> it was so gross, but I thought it was an inspired bit of writing. It was great, wasn't it? I'm, yeah. I'm guessing one star. It was one star. <laughs> How did we get here? Sorry, Andrew. Cotton wool. Um, a cotton ball diet. But hang on, yeah. how does it work? Like, do you put things on the cotton balls or is it just you feel full when you've eaten cotton balls? Yeah, no, you just stuff them in and feel full. That was the idea anyway. And it, and you did feel full because it was impossible to shit them out. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought that, you know, lap band surgery was a lot of fuss, a lot of difficulty to make your stomach smaller. It's kind of the same sort of thing. <laughs> Compared to eating cotton balls, I'd definitely take the lap band. What are things that make you feel full now? Um, I know people, people, <laughs> no, people do say cocaine is an appetite suppressant. Um, and well, I think speed, and they, they used to, Dexies, they used to, I know people who used to be prescribed every Christmas, just after Christmas you'd be prescribed Dexies for a month to lose all their weight. Of the turkey. Yeah. Right. So in, in order, but legally could, prescribed. Yeah, le- legally prescribed. It happened throughout the 80s and 90s in Australia that was... You go to your GP and say, I put on a bit of weight during Christmas season, I need to lose weight, you know, by Australia Day, and they'd they'd give you Dexies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's claimed that in the 1920s <clears throat> some doctors would prescribe cigarettes as oh, a wow. way of staying thin. Oh, well that, well, that is true. Isn't that why all models smoke and a lot of... Oh, yeah. Young people, because they it does suppress appetite. Or it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it does make that you, was before you don't want to eat. 
a model ingested one of the cotton <laughs> buds on the makeup table. The one, I, this is probably in a different category, but the thing, if, if I don't want to eat dinner, I find if you have even half a Guinness beer, like you have no appetite whatsoever because they're so mm. rich and full. Oh. But I imagine you're just putting on the weight from yeah. drinking mm. a Guinness. Isn't it supposed to be the? Is it, wasn't didn't have a slogan? A meal in every glass. A meal in a glass. Well, mm. during the nineties, they actually used to advertise that if you just eat Guinness and bananas, <laughs> that's actually all that you need nutritionally to survive forever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so you can you can <laughs> actually a- survive. A- actually, Andrew, you're the fact teller. <laughs> is, is this diet true that that you can have just Guinness, drink Guinness, and eat bananas, and that's all you need? What a well, shame! Um, what a shame that Ireland doesn't make bananas. Like cause in, in the famine, <laughs> yeah. Where it was, you know, if it was bananas instead of potatoes, they would have been fine. Oh, it would have been. Yeah. No, but they didn't have potatoes during the famine. That was the whole point. I thought that wasn't that all they had. Like they had to ration their potatoes. Yeah, no, 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 short I think, of potatoes. I think there's a shortage of potatoes. They all died. Charles, are you willing to test the Guinness and banana diet for a for a I, good month? I don't really like Guinness. What if you dip banana? What if you blended the banana in with the Guinness? Uh, look, I'll do it for a month. You say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's also a, a good gelato challenge for Andrew. Like oh, a, a banana yeah. and Guinness sorbet. Yes. Can you yeah. bring some of that, that in sounds, for us? It sounds delicious. <laughs> if you if you do that, then you can sell it as a wonder food that you don't have to eat anything else. Last, <laughs> last chance sorbet. Yeah. There is he, a guy who's tried to just live off Guinness only for a week hmm. and he's written about his attempts right. on the internet. Um, he's, by the end of the week, he said he started feeling weak. Right. And... Uh, just uh, felt pretty awful, actually. But he wasn't eating the bananas. He was right. he was only eating the Guinness. And, and but how much Guinness he, was he having? Was he feeling awful because he was like doing the, the diet too well? Well, uh, yeah, maybe he was just very hungover. I mean, it, what he ended up saying was that um, he thought that unless you were eating snacks as well, you'd probably have to drink around fifteen Guinnesses a day to oof. get the, the calories you need. <laughs> wow, that sounds um, ideal. Basically, every Irish person would be fine then. <laughs> So St. Patrick's Day is basically a huge national nutrition program. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Who here likes Guinness? I remember I was like a being a, an arsehole for a change. Like on when I was in a pub on St. Patrick's Day uh, this year and the guy, you know, was the poor barman was just pouring one after the other. Like no one was ordering anything else. And I kind of said, oh, <laughs> I bet no one orders this on any other day of the year. And he said, you'd be surprised. It's our biggest selling beer all year round. Guinness. I, I've, is this an Irish pub? It, well, it was an Irish pub. In, in Ireland? <laughs> yes. Yeah, where the patron's <laughs> Irish is the question. They, no, I'm a bigger. I remember trying it a couple of times and just going, no. Nah. Oh, right. oh, when I was young, I thought it was cat's pyjamas, Guinness. Except, but, but then afterwards I found it <laughs> gave me the squirts terribly. All oh, right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, cat's piss. Isn't that how yeah. they get that dark brown colour? Sorry, can I no. just... Get, <laughs> the squirts come after the beer, Dom. Hey, hey, Charles has got some breaking news. I, I've just looked up UK uh, Yahoo Answers. Oh, that reliable and, website. All oh, right. With the question... Yeah, I see, I Googled the same and I avoided clicking on that link. <laughs> can you survive on Guinness and bananas only? The best answer, which gets a little, you know, icon... A tick? <laughs> the answer is, sure, I have lived... <laughs> Sorry. Sure, I have lived the last 13 years of my life on Guinness and bananas. <laughs> I think 
think I now understand why Yahoo and, went so broke. And, and I am running marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I am currently part of a scientific experiment. But the fact that I'm still alive after 13 years on this diet should answer your question. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Signed, an <laughs> alcoholic chip. <laughs> <laughs> Signed, banana man. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago. So. That's it from us. Cat's Pyjamas with The Chaser. Cat's Pyjamas or Cat's Piss with The Chaser was written and presented by The Chaser. Created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Alex Mitchell. Sound production by Darcy Thompson and Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or search Cat's Pyjamas on Apple Podcasts.